I'm probably at the podcast stage of quarantine now. I'm President Joe Biden. I'm here on Goofcast. Yeah, I'd rather be in a cast. Something appears to be wrong with my radio dial. That's just Goofcast, punk. You listen to Goofcast. Please stop goofing on me. Welcome back to Goofcast episode three. We're talking about blockbuster video because of the new Netflix documentary that just came out called The Last Blockbuster that chronicles Blockbuster's rise and fall and showcases the last remaining Blockbuster, which is located in Bend, Oregon. After the movie, I was texting my, my buddy Sean about our memories of Blockbuster and, you know, all the good memories, all the bad memories of it, and I decided that he would be a perfect guest for this podcast. So, Sean, if you want to introduce yourself, say hello to uh, my, my friends and my foes, now is the time. Yes, I, uh, I'm i an avid listener of uh, the Goofcast as well, actually. Just recently listened to episode two. Uh, was a big fan of the story of you uh, visiting the Masonic Lodge. Uh, it sounds like it was a great time. Uh, and I did hear about your friends and foes. Hopefully, uh, hopefully some foes did send out an olive branch and contact you after listening. And now you have more friends and foes. Haven't received any yet, but I will uh, keep you posted if I'm turning uh, olive branches into olive oil with my foes. Turn friends. An interesting tidbit about me and Sean's personal history with the Blockbuster chain is that we both used to live at Bayview and Shepherd as kids. Weren't friends at the time, but we used to both frequent the same Blockbuster at Bathurst and Steel's. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. It was a uh, fantastic time. Uh, a lot of memories of uh, my mom letting me know uh, after I was done school that it was time to uh, either pick uh, a movie for movie night or uh, pick a game for the PS2. Uh, it was a it was a really exciting time. Uh, nothing can compare to that uh, sort of experience. Now that's for sure. Totally, I was the same way on Friday nights when I was uh, staying at my dad's uh, condo uh, that was at uh, Bayview and Shepherd. Um, it like a, like a classic Friday night consisted of grabbing a pizza and grabbing a video game or movie and like going up the elevator pizza with the the DVD or video game on the top of the pizza box was a standard of uh, Friday nights. Yep. What's funny to think is that we went to the same blockbuster. It would have been really funny if like you were going in to, to rent the like latest uh, Tony Hawk game and I had like rented it just before you, last copy, and I'm going out and you're going in. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Could have happened. That would have been, that, that was probably my biggest gripe with Blockbuster is uh, all the copies uh, they used to show how many copies were remaining uh, with empty cases behind the original. And, uh, you know, you finally found that game or that movie you really wanted to entertain yourself with. And there was just no copies left. And, you know, you were pretty heartbroken about that. That's for sure. And that's it. You're likely not playing that game or watching that movie that weekend. Yep. Nope. Uh, didn't really, uh, you know... Uh, have access to piracy or any of that sort of uh, delight when I was younger. Um, you know, if I didn't have it on DVD, that was it. Didn't watch it. For sure. And like like uh, pirating like a PS2 game, like forget about it. Oh, yeah. And I remember 
specifically when Tony Hawk's American Wasteland came out that weekend. My dad brought me to Blockbuster. I was all gung-ho to rent it, and it wasn't there, and I couldn't play it for because I went to my dad's every second weekend. That was like two weeks of not being able to play the latest Tony Hawk game. And, Sean, if you took Tony Hawk's American Wasteland, if you were the guy that had the last copy, I want you to know that back then I wish death upon you. I did. It was I... very possible because there, <laughs> there was there was a moment of time where I did rent that game. I don't remember if it was uh, close to its release or not. Uh, I wasn't really the type of guy to gung-ho for uh, the latest release of games like I am now. Um, but it, it, it's very possible. You never know, right? You never know. I probably rented like a begrudgingly Simpsons Road Rage for the 50th time and just like cursed <laughs> the person who had American Wasteland. It's very possible. Uh, you know, I, I tell you this much. If I ever rented American Wasteland for the PS2, uh, I would have to uh, I would have to have had my uh, my memory card, uh, which never existed, um, you know, w- wishing I did have one. Um, I would have to keep my PS2 on for the whole weekend while I had that game rented because if I turned it off, all my um, all my save data was gone. Uh, so the P- I love that fact. Yeah, so the the <laughs> PS2 would remain on for uh, large amounts of time, um, you know, weekends, weeks on end, <laughs> uh, you know, until I finished the game because if uh, if if the power went out. Uh, I would not play that game anymore. That that was it. It would go back to it would go back to Blockbuster, it, or it would go back into the case if I owned the game. I wouldn't open it again because that's that's um, that's how frustrated I was. It, it just wouldn't happen. Uh, so I just imagine, <laughs> I just imagine this PlayStation's like in your bedroom, and in the summer it's just like tropical climate because there's a freaking machine fan is working overtime, heating the whole room. <laughs> Posters are falling off the walls. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the one mystery because those, look, man, those eight megabyte memory cards they may have cost a lot of money, but like. You know, come on, mom, just just get me a memory card at this point. Like, I'm I'm gonna break this PS2 that you paid like 500 bucks for for keeping it on for all real. the time for you to save like 40, 50 bucks on this eight megabyte memory card. Just just cut me some slack here. Come on, the the PS2 never more broke. More to, to like you're you're like electrical company even more so you could save money. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, the PS2 is still alive and well in the garage. Um, that being said, I haven't, uh, haven't checked up on it in a while, but last I checked, it was still working, which is, uh, um, it, it's incredible. It's incredible that it still works. Same. Uh, mine is currently in my crawl space in some sort of storage container and the Simpsons road rage that I played 50 times and later stole from the blockbusters corporation is sitting right on top. Oh, that was probably after they abolished the late fees then, huh? No more late fees. No more late fees. Oh, fair game. It was a- anarchy when they <laughs> when they took the late fees out, dude. Dude, the amount of um the amount of copies I had of those like plastic blo- blockbuster cases with like random movies and games in them it was just bar none it just there was too many my my dad wasn't on that scheme too he was just just ransacking the whole whole damn blockbuster dude it's like yeah 
if they said they said no more late fees and we everybody thought okay I guess they're mine then that's <laughs> just it you know and i actually uh i i came to that realization a few days ago and i was thinking about those late fees and i was like you know it really sucks for like the next guy who really wanted to watch or play that game and it just wasn't there because nobody wanted to return their copies anymore it just didn't happen anymore right so either they had to buy more or uh you know it just didn't wasn't in stock anymore who knows yeah for real it, it became like like sort of a moral quandary of like do i uh own shrek the third now or do i let the next kid watch uh shrek uh poo poo pee pee vomit edition <laughs> of the <laughs> of the Sh- shrek trilogy <laughs> yeah yeah no my my dad burnt um movies often as well oh nice uh vhs's back in the day it wasn't we weren't burning them but DVDs, we were uh, we were definitely uh, getting our hands on them and uh, making our own copies. My dad had this whole, like, zipped-up binder. You know, every dad must have had one of those zip-up oh, CD binder, binders dude. with just <laughs> DVDs with, like, really shitty writing on them in, like, a Sharpie yes. just saying what the movie was. And then in the middle of all those movies, there just happened to be a Windows XP disc with the product key just <laughs> written on it clearly a pirated copy as well i don't know where the cd cd key came from probably some like program that gave the computer a virus but it was there too uh so for sure yeah some like aol online disc from like shoppers drug mart back in the day yep yep and roller coaster tycoon try it out <laughs> roller coaster tycoon one of those crappy like uh, general mills cereal box uh board game PC games yep. like like a Monopoly or Candyland. Yep, yep, it was all there in the in the crappy binder. Yeah, I actually looked up going back to the no late fees thing. I know this was the case in New York. I don't remember what the case was in Ontario or, or the rest of the of Canada or the U.S. But uh, blockbusters in New York, at least, uh, it said no no more late fees. But the fine print was that after 30 days, you would be paying the full price of the movie if you did not bring it back. And people actually took Blockbuster to court in New York because he said, hey, no more late fees, not no more late fees, but 30 days and you own it. So, Do you happen to know if Blockbuster won that case? I think they were like had bigger fish to fry uh, instead of taking like Joe Blow to to court for fucking uh peter jackson king kong yeah that's what i figured <laughs> or whatever yeah 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 that makes sense so i want to get into the movie here uh what did you think of the movie any dislikes what what was your favorite part just go ahead uh look it was uh in terms of it being like a documentary type movie uh it, it really kept me at the uh at the edge of my seat uh in terms of uh you know, the history of that specific blockbuster, of uh, how the uh, corporation just completely fell apart, um, all these, like, random montages, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, all the news outlets becoming really interested in the place, and um, John Oliver sending out free stuff to the uh, blockbuster in, in Alaska. Like, that. it was a great movie overall. I really... I really enjoyed the tidbits. Uh, favorite part overall, um, 
I mentioned that montage. There was that montage with All Star Smash Mouth playing, of um, yeah, of of the manager. Her name was um, Sandy. Sandy, the the blockbuster mom. She 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 was just going around town like uh, stocking the shelves. Like I love that part. That was great. I don't know how they had the money to pay all those celebrities, but not to license the original version of All Star. It was some like half ass like YouTube rip version of it. Yeah, it no, sounded it odd. Yeah, it definitely was not the the original version of All Star playing there. They definitely went went through like some YouTube downloader for that. That was for sure. <laughs> definitely some like cover I released back back in the day on like 240p yeah i was i was vibing with it though i was definitely vi- i was like singing along i was like oh yeah no this is like hyping me up again like i was just like oh fuck, fuck yeah man hell yeah dude all-star man still still gets me going still gets me going yeah yeah i i thought the movie was cool i liked how it was both a history of blockbuster from its height to its downfall and it also turned into the story about how uh, this family kept this blockbuster going like no matter what and in the face of all this pressure to close and how far society has changed they kept this like last bastion of a of a lost era alive in bend oregon i would love to go there man yeah i i really like that they they keep fighting to keep the blockbuster name even though they could e- easily cut the contract and you know name it pacific video which is what they were originally named uh, under the yeah. franchisee. Like they could easily say, you know, we'll we'll do that, but it doesn't have the same essence anymore in, in the fact that it's no longer a blockbuster. It's just, you know, your average Joe mom and pop shop. So I really like that they were fighting for that. Uh, what I found deeply concerning uh, with this uh, last remaining blockbuster is that uh, at the beginning of the movie or like closer to the beginning, they were, they were showing off like the the ancient technology they still have to use because that's all that works right and they were showing like yeah. there was like four or five different machines that they were using for parts and uh, as someone in IT like that sort of thing is like deeply concerning and the fact that they can't switch to newer stuff makes me uh, wonder uh, like not only is their agreement a ticking time bomb but it seems that their whole operation is a ticking time bomb because uh, Sandy made it come out to seem like they can't actually, uh, you know, upgrade this uh, these systems because it just doesn't exist anymore. Like there, there's probably like databases connected to it. It has to run on an older version of Windows. You know, more technical stuff like that. That's what it made it come out to be, and that kind of you know that's kind of worrisome there too because that stuff when she opened it, it you know you saw all the dust come out of it like that that thing is not running yeah. for a long time and even having the computer on the shelf there that's not running for a long time either and you can easily open up one of those older computers and none of the parts are going to work so you know that that's a bit concerning for me yeah it seems like uh, it is a broken system and she's just putting on like a series of band-aids in the form of like taking apart old computers to keep it going yeah exactly exactly yeah so um, it, but it's just so cool that like there is like that'll probably if it's not already it's turning into a blockbuster museum of sorts like you know you can you can buy like memorabilia there it's a functioning blockbuster yeah and it's sort of like like uh, you know if you think of a store that is long gone like you think of 
like our local Zellers. Like Zellers was a big department. It wasn't really a department store. It was more of like a right. Walmart. But those things are gone. Like you cannot walk into a Zellers anymore. I don't think they exist. They're totally they're kaput. gone. Yeah. But the fact that like you can go to this place and walk into like a time capsule essentially, smell that blockbuster plasticky air and buy some candies and rent a movie is like so interesting i agree i completely agree um you know that sort of experience doesn't exist anymore with uh with how far technology that has advanced these days and uh to be quite honest with you um not a lot of people are gonna be owning stuff that can play dvds soon uh for example uh you know the new ps5 there's an option to get a cheaper one without a DVD tray on it. Like they're they're phasing those out, mm-hmm. right? Computers they don't come with DVD drives in, in them anymore. Even like uh, laptops, right? They don't they don't include them anymore. So uh, it's it's becoming harder and harder to even be able to rent stuff just because of the fact that it just uh, it's too expensive for companies to include those parts and systems now. They're just not being made anymore. Yeah, totally, yeah. and. Uh... But what's interesting about this movie in terms of, uh, you know, things being out of date is that everybody usually thinks that Blockbuster ended because, you know, Netflix came out, streaming services came out, why would I go rent a DVD? But Blockbuster ended just a little bit before that, and in the movie they go into how Blockbuster was designing a streaming service to be a Netflix, but they got so hit by that financial crisis of 2008 that it never got off the ground while right. Netflix, as they were bleeding money, beat them to the chase. But it's just interesting, like, if that didn't happen and they still, like, predicted the future and were able to build that streaming service, we could be, you know, having uh, blockbuster parties and, and blockbuster and chill. Yeah, <laughs> and all of that. you know, I I sort, I agree with that. Uh, but the, the fact is that, you know, Netflix did also offer to uh to sell the company for a fraction of what they're worth today and the the management just laughed them out of the office like they they said no and uh that that was also like a huge mistake right um they they were running the the company really poorly it just it it was it was a whole recipe for disaster you could say uh for blockbuster absolutely yeah uh um I don't know. I don't know exactly the the timeline of uh, Netflix hitting the main mainstream versus Blockbuster closing down. Um, it could be that people lost interest and stopped, uh, you know, going to Blockbuster on Friday nights too. Um, you know, people don't miss it until it's gone, type thing, right? Yeah. Uh, true. So. You know, if you told me in 2008, like, I, you know, Blockbuster was a special place, but it's not that type of place where I thought, you know, in 10 years, I'm really going to miss this place. Right. I didn't think of that. I didn't think of it that way. Right. Yeah. I, like, we all thought that it would be a standard. I Like, I just like they said in the movie, That's right. like, you know, as standard as, as going to a drugstore or to go uh, to a drive through for coffee or fast food. It was, you know, Blockbuster was there. Um, I just wanted to, uh, bring it back to the movie. Is there anything that you didn't like about the movie? There was little, uh, there, the, the one thing I didn't like, 
is that Sandy brought up the whole blockbuster family shtick probably like six, seven times during that movie. Uh, you know, saying she's the blockbuster mom. And, you know, I kind of got it at the beginning of the movie. You didn't really have to repeat it like 40 times during the movie. Uh, so, that I mean, clearly she's very proud of it and I'm very happy for her. Uh, but that that's really the only thing that like when I was watching, I'm like, why why do you keep repeating yourself? Like, we we already heard this part. Yeah. You know, we know you're the blockbuster mom. You have all these families working <laughs> for you. Like, you told me at the beginning of the movie already. Why why are you telling me again? Right. I raised these kids from from when they were renting uh, SpongeBob the movie to when they were renting uh, uh, Big Tits Nine eighteen <laughs> A. <18A. laughs> Yeah, dude, there was a lot of like a repeating like that. This is the last blockbuster. She's the owner of the last blockbuster. They sort of belabored the point. And the movie was a little maybe too long because of that. Like how many times did they have a celebrity or somebody reacting like, so this is the last blockbuster like ever, like in the U.S. There's no more. Yep, this is it. Like how many times did that scene happen? At least nine or ten times. That, the 80, 90 times. 80, 80, 90 <laughs> times. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was it was just getting a bit much. There's two little funny parts that I noticed. Uh, I noticed when uh, Kevin Smith was on and he was talking about blockbuster clerks. He said the word clerks and his eyes like lit up. <laughs> he was smiling. Oh. <laughs> like, we get it, dude. You made clerks. Yep. yep. <laughs> You're the clerks guy. Yep. Of course. And that that there was that like local like like pretty much uh one of the like biggest customers of sandy's blockbuster there that that dude with the beard he's like yeah i'm into like obscure weird movies like insidious 2 (laughs) yeah very obscure it's not that weird very obscure (laughs) i'm sure every town has one of those guys in it that's for sure yeah, it's like, yeah, dude, it, that's that's such an obscure movie. Like, the, the direct sequel to one of the most profitable horror movies of the, like, last decade. Yeah, very obscure. Yeah, I was going to also bring up uh, all the, you know, people and the kids uh, working at Blockbuster and how they, they made me realize, like, I never realized how great it would be to actually work at Blockbuster. Like, it just seems like such a laid-back job, right? You don't really... Like, I mean, back in the day, obviously, you had to sit in the back room and probably rewind hundreds of VHS tapes, and that probably sucked. But on the upside, you got free movie rentals, and you had to you were able to watch movies in the store all the time. Like, that, that kind of sounds like a dream, like, high school job type deal, right? Like, you don't – what else could you offer? Like, a grocery store job is, like, nothing compared to working at Blockbuster, Absolutely. Right? Yeah, like I would imagine like your friends are working stocking shelves in a grocery store or like in fast food or like in a warehouse and there you are getting paid to like shoot the shit about movies with people and watch them. Just pretty cool. And I really like how they showed that scene from Scream, the first Scream right. movie, where they're in the blockbuster. I think that's one of like the biggest uh, you know, like movie scenes that references blockbuster that I can think of offhand. What's that werewolf movie with E.T.'s mom in it? The Howling Horror, straight ahead. Okay, thanks. That was uh, that and uh, uh, Captain Marvel as well had that. Uh, oh right, blockbuster. Yes. And and uh, just to just to note on that Captain Marvel scene, 
I think they made a really big point about talking about Captain Marvel multiple times during that movie. And I wasn't sure if that Captain Marvel scene is what actually sprung this whole like um, blockbuster thing back into reality. Uh, if you get what I'm trying to say here, right? Is um, is, yeah. is that the factor? Is that what brought every everyone back and all the media outlets and all of that? Like, you know, it, or was it just you know, chit chat about this being the last blockbuster in general. I'm not sure why they kept bringing it up. That probably helped. I mean, it was a, a, a teaser trailer to a new Marvel movie. It had everybody's eyes on it. And then everybody sees, oh, oh she's in the 90s or the 80s. Oh, it's blockbuster. And I think that brought a lot of interest. And I mean, people love like retro sort of stuff. I mean, I think if you sold like blockbuster t-shirts in like H&M or something, everybody would get their hands on it if oh, they yeah, passed definitely. it by most people would yeah i and she's she's making that market there in in bend oregon with the hats and yeah stuff. i noticed there was a lot of merch on sale uh at the store it, it did seem a little bit like they weren't uh i i actually don't know how well the store was doing they never really brought up specifics on you know if they're thriving if they're doing really well or not but i feel like right now you know after this documentary was released i'm sure they're getting a lot of uh traction uh of tourists and all and such like you know if i were ever to go to vancouver uh which i do plan to to visit family i, I mean i could definitely make the trip down it's not even that long of a trip yes you could and, uh, and visit that blockbuster i was actually thinking about doing it just to just to check it out could be fun i will give you a tupperware container uh for when you go there i want you to trap the air in the container <laughs> bring it back for me and i'll i will huff it like i'm doing whippets i'll i'll, I'll definitely do that for you i'll uh, i'll bring you i'll bring you back um uh your favorite movie paul blart and uh and some air some blockbuster air it better be the sequel paul blart yes. to electric boogaloo definitely all right i have a question for you here okay. so what was better about renting movies at blockbuster than streaming them and what can we leave in the past uh graciously uh that's a tough one because you know when i was a kid um the the, the hardest thing about going to blockbuster uh was um usually i would rent a movie and a game right and it was a matter of uh me reading through every single title and I would probably stand there for an hour figuring out which game I wanted not so much movie but which game I wanted to rent uh so that was uh that was really tough for me to figure out sometimes and now with you know the internet and all and all that it makes it much easier uh so you know maybe if we if we lived in the time of the internet and blockbuster thriving at the same time I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bring that that up but um, you know, the experience of physically going to a store and being able to pick up a movie is, is just fantastic. And, you know, if we, if we grew up with Blockbuster and we were in our twenties, uh, late twenties, you know, we, we had a date planned with someone, you know, like they said in the movie, uh, there's something magical about going to Blockbuster and picking a movie to rent together with someone and uh and, and watching that movie together there's there's certainly uh something magical about that um absolutely 
I also really wish I, I got to go on a Blockbusters date. I mean, I think the last year Blockbusters was widely available. We were like what in grade nine. So, I mean, like that's it's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just doesn't exist anymore. Um, that magic doesn't exist anymore. Be, you know, everything is available to you. Any movie you want to watch, even the day after it's out in theaters, you, you, I mean, you could watch it on a, on a trash can camera with a trash can mic, but you can watch it, right? Uh, it exists. Yes, you can. Uh, and so that magic is just, it's, it's something you could never capture again. Um, it's, yeah. it's too easy now. That That's the problem. Being able to go somewhere yeah. physically is just much better than sitting down on the couch and having easy access to it. Yeah, I would say, like, to echo that point, it's too easy, like, for better or worse. If I want to watch Taxi Driver tonight, I know that I can watch Taxi Driver. I can check all the streaming services. If they don't have it, I can torrent the movie or I can watch it on, like, you know, some streaming website in pretty good quality. Back in the day, if I if my local blockbuster didn't have it, you're shit out of luck. Right. You could go 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 driving around town, but you're mostly shit out of luck. Yeah. But what I what I liked about Blockbuster was the commitment to the to the the DVD that you end up taking home. Because there's nights where I've scrolled on Netflix for like an hour and I haven't ended up watching anything. I just put on Seinfeld or put on some YouTube videos. No movie gets watched. But if you you take that DVD home, that's your movie for the night. If you don't like it, you're stuck with it. If you love it, great. But it, it really made it more special to go watch a movie and also like gave you a memory. Like, you know, uh, today I watched uh, Sorry to Bother You. I'll never like I remember my thought process in picking that movie. But if I went to Blockbuster to get it, I brought it back home, it'd be something to remember. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I actually, that's a very good point. Being, having that commitment to the, the movie that you watched, uh, you're kind of stuck, right? You kind of have to watch it and it could be, you know, the best movie you've ever seen for all you know, right? And, and again, back in the day, we didn't have access to our phones sitting at Blockbuster to open up Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb. Exactly. to read the reviews think of that. and see oh well you know this movie got a 30 percent on rotten tomatoes i'm not gonna watch it anymore i'm gonna pick up the movie that has a 99 or 100 on it that seems way better the crowd liked it so will i um and that that's probably why a lot of movies don't get watched these days too is because people see they have a really bad review and while one might enjoy it the other won't that's true. Really, if you don't know, if you didn't know anything about a movie at Blockbuster, your critical consensus would come from a child That's at right. the desk yeah. <laughs> telling you about it. That's right. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's even if they knew about it. They, there's no way they knew about every single movie in the store. Yeah. Okay. What is your, let's go into, what is your, one of your uh, standout blockbuster memories from being a kid and renting video games and, and movies back in the day? Um, You know, the best part 
like I said, and and I have a similar experience with uh, with actually buying games at a store was just going to the blockbuster with my mom and standing there for hours trying to figure out what I'm going to play. Just that feeling of, you know, not experiencing something, not knowing what you're getting into. It's a scary feeling. But at the same time, you sort of love that feeling of the, th- the thrill of you going home and uh, and popping something into the tray, and you you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. It could be complete. It could, could be complete crap, or it could be something incredible. And that that's happened plenty of times to me, where I've had something just really really bad, and I closed it off, or something fantastic. Same goes for movies, right? I. I can't name you specifics, I, horrible memory in that case, but I, I know that the, that feeling was there uh, for, uh, for in some cases where I was just like, this is the best thing I've ever watched in my life, right? Yeah, I, I totally agree that it, it was kind of a Yahtzee role as to what you're going to get because you just, like we said, you you just don't know, you know, a lot of information that's readily on your phone about movies now that, like, back then... I remember when I was a kid, I went to Blockbusters with my dad and my sister. My sister's, like, really young at this point. I'm in, like, grade six. And we rent the movie Borat because I thought that Borat was going to be the same vibe as Elf. Just this foreign guy going around and, like, I don't know how to use elevator. Ah." Like, that's what I thought it was going to be. He's like, you know, he's crossing the street against the lights, like ha ha ha. <laughs> but please, no, please dude. Tell me you didn't watch that with your little sister. We watched the full thing. Oh no. Nobody shut it off. I don't know oh, why. Oh no. Oh no. How did you how did everyone react to that? I think that the first uh male that my sister saw naked in her life was Bilo Sangedev, Borat's <laughs> brother. Oh, no, man. Oh, no. That must have scarred her for life. Yeah, man. And on the opposite hand, like, actually not even on the opposite hand, also a bad experience of not knowing what I was going to get myself into. I was, like, casually into scary stuff. Like, I enjoyed, like, Scooby-Doo and stuff, but obviously not right. horror movies as a kid. I rented this Goosebumps DVD because I was like, okay, Goosebumps, it's a kid's show. Let's Mm -hmm. check this out. The episode, it was like a feature length. It was called The Haunted Mask. And this thing just scarred me, man. It was so scary. So this girl, she had this mask. The mask was like talking to her. She went to a mask store and all these masks were like following her home. Dude, it was was frightening. I slept with my door open for years (laughs) Just in total fear. Like, this was, like, like my own personal crying game. Later, I find out as an adult, this specific uh, Goosebumps feature-length special got banned in the UK for being too scary for children. Oh, my God. So, out of all the Goosebumps oh episodes, DVDs, and there was a lot back then that I picked up. I picked a friggin' Faces of Death version. <laughs> all right. That's, um, I don't have a, an encounter with like a scary movie that I've tried to rent, um, or anything like that. That, that definitely wasn't, uh, on the, on the top of my list. Um, but I do remember, um, I, my friend had talked about the latest Grand Theft Auto game 
uh, Vice City at the time. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to rent that game. I really, really did. And uh, when they when we went up to the counter, um, my dad was just like, yeah, whatever, just give it to them. And I knew that if I was with my mom, there was no way, no way in hell that game would be rented. There was just no chance. Uh, so I, I feel you on that one uh, in terms of uh, renting stuff that you probably shouldn't be renting, even though it's for kids. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it was a great experience. Vice City was a fantastic game. It was. And, and I remember when I went to go rent Grand Theft Auto Vice City, uh, there was a clerk actually at, at our local blockbuster there at Bathurst and Steel's who was very descriptive in telling the parent how, you know, mature rated a game could be. And, you know, I didn't know this at the time, but like the, my dad didn't really care about me playing a mature rated game. Same thing. My, my mom, I, I could never have that fly, but we brought Grand Theft Auto Vice City to the counter and the guys liked my dad. Well, you know that that game is rated mature, sir, right? Of course. My dad's like, yeah, whatever. You know this game features uh, killing, and uh, you can run over a guy out with a car, right? My dad's like, yeah, okay, but it's you know it's that's not that bad. You know this game features that you can um, buy a prostitute and have fellatio with the <laughs> prostitute, and your son's gonna watch that. And then my dad's like, oh, well, no, okay, fine. We're not going to get it then. Oh, my God. It's like they when really you put the, the dad on the spot, when you put the guy on the spot, like, are you going to expose your kids to not, you know, a Bilo Sangadev's penis is okay, but, like, yep. you know, Vito's 8-bit cock <laughs> in the back <laughs> seat. Uh, you, you, like, most parents are going to, you know, say no if they're faced with that. And yep. it was just so annoying. And and I knew from then on, if he was standing there, if he was the clerk, I could not get a mature rated game. Okay, listen. So I wanted to show you something that I found while I was doing a bit of research about this last blockbuster. So I'm going to show you this right now, and you can let me know if you see it on your end. Uh, yes, I do. You're showing me a, a Discord stream. So so do you, do you see my screen right now? Yes, I do. End of summer sleepover? So this is a Airbnb listing for the Blockbuster um, that you can stay at for a night. No and, way. Uh, yeah. Like, they literally built a bedroom with, like, old VHS sets and candy and, like, retro bed sheets Look and at all that. that. But the problem is, is that this was like a three night promo that they did for for up to four people. So you can't book it anymore. It's gone. So they, d- oh they did it gosh. for three nights where you could rent the blockbuster, the whole blockbuster. And you can pick any movie you wanted and you could watch it and you just sleep That's in so front cool. of the TV. And... Um, they had all this retro stuff that you could look at too, and uh, I wish I could find out how much this cost because it probably was a pretty penny. Um, but man, imagine experiencing that. That would have been that would be so cool. Like that would be like the ultimate in like liminal space, sleeping in a blockbuster. In the last blockbuster, that would be amazing. 
Yeah, I know. So, I wonder yeah, why that, they stopped it. I guess it was like a promo thing because if you really think about it, this is probably really disrupt disruptive. You know, they got to put out the sofa all the time and right, set yeah. the scene and all that. It's probably really disruptive for the store. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure if they did it like a few times a year, they'd probably make some pretty good money off of it if they charge the right amount. Like it's, it, you know, it's pretty smart. Yeah. And it's, this is, yeah, it's Sandy. She's the one that's hosting it. Look too, at so. that. Yeah. I hope it didn't so. end because she walked in and saw somebody putting like Paul Blart 2 up their ass. I was like, oh, you too know, far. Close it down. It's, it, you, you know, it's kind of crazy because like you can look right through the glass and see what's going on. Like you have like no privacy. Oh, yeah, true. If you're sleeping here, right? Like zero unless I don't know. They, I doubt they have curtains or anything like that. Like, you know, you. you Anyone could peer their head through the glass, and you know, you're probably not going to want to be doing anything. Uh, anything other people would uh, would not want to see in here. Oh yeah, um, true. So yeah, but you could yeah. be like rudely awoken in the middle of the night by that bearded guy, like uh, uh, bringing back all of his tapes in one go at three a.m. Just brunk, <laughs> brunk down the chute. <laughs> Through the through the shoot, yeah, because you yeah. could uh, re- return it at any time. They had that return shoot. That's right. Right, right. So yeah, that that's what I found when I'm looking through this. And man, that would be an experience if you could that do this. Would this, be. Was, this was during COVID because I remember them saying something about um, uh, them like making sure it's all clean and you have to wear a mask and all that. Uh, yeah, see, they're talking about hand sanitizer in the CDC here. So this was recent. This was uh, this was like September, so seven months ago uh, that they did this. Uh, I think this was probably around when they uh, when the documentary came out, right? Right. So they were yeah, probably doing this a, as a prom- as a promotion. There's a strict rule of please don't lick our videotapes as yeah. you stay there. <laughs> Although yep. they may look delicious. Yep. Yep. But yeah, yeah I don't know. It, it, it's a cool little niche place. Um, you know, I'm sure they probably get a lot of business right now. Um, it's nice that the, I noticed that they, they offer for you to, you know, if you want to buy the game or the, or the movie as well, instead of renting it. Um, because I don't oh, think nice. that wasn't a thing. That wasn't a thing at Blockbuster, right? You couldn't buy, buy the movie, right? They had movies for purchase and also video games. I remember buying Halo 3 at my local Blockbuster, but uh, mm. it was mostly about renting. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, cause Hopefully I... in the future. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I noticed that there was price tags on like all the games and movies, so I'm pretty sure they were letting people buy them on top of just giving them the option to rent it as well. Yeah might make sense for for such a niche location hopefully we can do a sequel to this podcast one day at the last blockbuster as we're (laughs) sniffing in that air that would be amazing being able to capture the essence the essence exactly there's such a blockbuster must i wish there was some sort of a perfume blockbuster for axe body spray (laughs) (laughs) ode the rental (laughs) ode the (laughs) rental <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day i i i'm i'm telling you we live in an age of nostalgia 
there stuff like this is going to be popping up again eventually like there there's no shot that this is the end of an era that this will be the last time you see a video store like they said in the movie the record stores are coming back again i am sure you we will be able to relive this experience locally one day i'm sure of it that will be interesting either that so here's my thought process right because i i mentioned that uh dvds are becoming a thing of the past i'm sure they'll find a way to make it so that you could uh get like a physical copy but it's like a usb key or something in the (laughs) box and you just plug it into your tv or your console and you know it's it's just it's just like the same thing right yeah, that that like uh, sort of reminds me of those like uh, Criterion Collection DVDs where you're getting the movie like in 4K or whatever, but you're also getting all this bonus content that is exclusively available on this DVD, which is why people buy right. them at such a price. Right, right, right. Yeah, collectors still exist, right? People still collect movies and DVDs and and whatnot. It's it's not as popular anymore, but. Uh, I'm sure it still uh, still exists. Totally. So the last blockbuster to close it off here. What would you rate the movie out of ten? Uh, I'd give it a a solid strong eight. A solid really? strong eight. Yeah, it wasn't perfect. Like I said, there was a lot of repeating. I feel like it was a bit too long. The cameos were were great um the uh the story was great um seeing all the media outlets react to it and the montages were great but i'm not giving it a nine or a ten it's uh, that's reserved for for better movies uh i'd I'd give this a strong eight though yeah i i totally agree with you there i think it's the the best uh blockbuster documentary that we could have got minus those few little things i just go under you at seven and a half out of ten but yeah, it was a good time, and it was a good uh, catalyst to remember some blockbuster memories. Absolutely. All right, Sean, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for being the first guest on Goof Cinema, hopefully the first of many. Thank you. It's been a absolute pleasure. I'd like to end this episode with a song. Somebody once told me that Blockbusters was closing So I went to go rent Simpsons Road Rage They built my mom, tried to make amends Said he gotta grab it from my cold dead hands But I will give you back Shrek 3 Cause that movie was a disgrace, man And the fees started coming and they didn't stop coming Sean's house nearly burnt down cause the PS4 was running It didn't make sense to show kids Borat I saw Bilo's dick and it wasn't even fat So much to watch, so much to play Then the Blockbuster shut down that one day might turn into a Chinese restaurant They kept the video drunk box as a taunt But hey now, you're the last one And you found in Bend, Oregon Hey now, I gotta go See the memorabilia from Russell Crowe I hope that it wouldn't be rude If I slept with Sean there in the nude And I know that it wouldn't be cool If I covered Paul Blard in my drool covered Paul Blard in my drool. Thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode of Goofcast. I wanted to extend a thank you again to Sean for joining us. And I'm currently recording this outro 
on the Easter weekend. So if you're hearing this, I hope you had a good Easter if you celebrate it. Hope you had a happy holidays. Otherwise, Buona Pasqua to all my Italians. I'm of the opinion of Easter, Easter, shove it in your keister, but that's just me. I hope you all have a good weekend and have had a good weekend. Please be sure to subscribe for more, and you can visit us at our home on the web at It's Goofcast on Instagram. We changed the handle from at Goof Cinema, and that's what it is now. So follow me up there. You can also follow me at Michael Prims on Instagram, at Michael Prims on Twitter, and that's it. Be kind, rewind, and have a great one.